0: Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacey Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Once a week, we're gonna come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader.
1: Welcome to Faculty Feed. I'm Stacy Saner and I am here with Jerry Rabelais and Laura Weingartner. So Laura, I'm getting kinda hungry. I think I'm ready for an appetizer for today. All right, so
2: today we're here, maybe it's our snack. With Blaise Bush, who's the director of the LGBT Center here at the University of Louisville School of Medicine Health Sciences Center. So, Blaze, I actually want to start with where you came from before you got to UofL. Can you tell us a little bit about your background?
3: Before coming to the University of Louisville, I was the director of case management and care coordination at Cal Community Health Center, which is a federally qualified health center in Manhattan that focuses on LGBTQ healthcare. We provided care to about 18,000 to 19,000 patients. We had about 4,200 patients who were living with HIV. Now have really begun to focus on uh, transgender and non-binary healthcare, and actually had about 4,000 patients who identified within the transgender umbrella.
2: My takeaway from this is we're really lucky to have you here <laughs> with all of this experience. So can, can you tell us just a little bit about what your role is here at U of
3: I moved here and I was looking for similar work that would match my background. Of course, it's a, somewhat of a niche field. And, um, and then lo and behold, there's a director of an LGBT center that focuses on LGBTQ healthcare training. I'd like to divide it up into three tiers. So one is students, faculty, and staff support. That means if students need someone to talk to, about anything from I have a sibling or a family member who's coming out or or thinking about coming out or maybe I'm the only person in their family that they've told that they're uh, LGBTQ. So that support is a major pillar. And then we get into education. And part of that is within the School of Medicine, which is a lot of the focus, the equality curriculum, Mm Which I think many folks are aware of, but that's an infused curriculum of LGBTQ affirming healthcare practices into about 50 hours of the School of Medicine medical curriculum. And the last piece around education is consultations U of L Health, Norton, Baptist. And I really, really love, specifically for faculty, when they come to me and they say, I do this lecture every year, I think it touches on LGBTQ healthcare. Could you help me rework it?
2: So I think I'm ready for a main course. Blaze, LGBTQ health, what do faculty on HSC need to know? This has become more prominent recently. And, and in fact, this is a gap with a lot of, of current faculty that haven't been trained and haven't really thought about this as a, as a topic. So why are we talking about this now?
3: I'm going to make just this blanket statement. Healthcare disparities, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Loss of living for communities. When I first learned about healthcare disparities, it was around uh, populations in New York and learning that um, black men specifically in uh, Flatbush, Brooklyn, lived about 15 years less as long as their white counterparts in other neighborhoods, specifically Manhattan. And of course, we see similar rates here in um, Louisville between specifically, again, black men and West Louisville. Right. That loss of life, right? 12 years of, 15 years in New York is 12 years here in Louisville. That's 12 years of living, of being with family, of creating poetry or art or changing the world or creating right. history. LGBTQ healthcare is specifically about that same loss of life. Almost every major kind of health, chronic health condition that you can look at, um, where first, LGBTQ folks have a disparity. Black, indigenous, people of color LGBTQ folks then have a larger disparity. And then specifically transgender um, and again, of any uh, really race or or um, nationality, um, sees an even deeper decline when we get to health disparities.
1: I was just going to say, I would love to hear more about the Affirming Care series, because it used to be that, it, was it called a certificate or something what, like, like that? Formerly known as. Formerly right. known as. I would love to hear, because you know what? I haven't I have not participated in... Uh, it's time. It, it must be time. It is time. I, I love to learn new things. So I, I'm ready. So tell me all about it.
3: So the LGBTQ plus affirming healthcare series is a series of live Talks and sessions that we put on every year that's wrapped up in a certificate of completion that you can earn by the end of the series. To earn a certificate of completion within a given year, we usually run it from August until the end of March. Um, Anybody can partake and complete four live sessions, well, sorry, four modules, and they can be either live or recorded. We're getting up to just about 30 recorded sessions um, from, you could go through the history of (laughs) LGBTQ. Healthcare <laughs> at U of So, like from 2015 till now, that people can watch on various topics, really any kind of LGBTQ healthcare topic that we could dream up. And um, so, you can either watch them or you can come to the new content that we do every year. So, for example, a provider that I worked with in New York, Chance Krampaski, come in and um, his session was on thriving, not surviving, transgender healthcare now into the future.
2: And, and I'll say, too, that it, it, the, the sessions, I, I've done the certificate a few times, and I have learned new things every time I do it, because it's, you know, obviously, you have this catalog now of 30-some 30, um, thirty some sessions, but these new sessions that you're bringing in people, um, in which your connections from Cal and Lord, I know, are, are really helpful to to do that as well, but there's new concepts that I learn every time. I really encourage even people, faculty that are listening that have already done the series, consider coming back.
0: Blaze and Laura, I'd like to explore something that I just heard within the past week. And it had to do with a study of neonatal intensive care units in New York and outcomes of those babies stratified by whether they're Hispanic or Black by hospital and by racial groupings, and black babies did better if black doctors took care of them. Hispanic babies did better by usual outcomes, whether it was morbidity or mortality or other outcomes that are complications of prematurity. Hispanic babies did better if Hispanic doctors or if the systems they were in, uh, so the signage, the staff that could speak their language, if those things were in place, the babies did better. And so this whole notion of affirming health care, I think, applies far more broadly, right, than, than just to the LGBTQ population.
3: Black or Hispanic or LGBTQ folks are probably going to have better health outcomes with the communities that they um, identify with um, or are a part of. But that's probably because they're not projecting other ideas or things onto those individuals as much. Um, that's because they have that intricate nature. But I don't think that that means that you have to be a part of those communities to provide good care.
2: LGBT Center on HSC is pretty unique because it's it is a <laughs> it is yes. an offshoot from the main LGBT center on yeah. on our undergraduate campus. So uh, University of Louisville has this special office that, A lot of institutions don't have that, it's specific to the Health Sciences Center. So, Blaze, can you tell us a little bit about how you serve HSC?
3: I love when uh, faculty members or departments reach out for trainings. And I am happy to do trainings. And I will specifically, and anybody in the LGBT Center at HSC will specifically kind of create trainings to serve specific departments and whatever issues they may be having.
2: Is, is this a safe space training or is this different? This is like tailored to This department. is ta-
3: This is really, we've just started, we sometimes call it the, I really have just started calling it LGBTQ affirming healthcare trainings.
2: Okay. There's a bit of a, um, a generational gap, I think, between clinicians that are practicing now that maybe didn't have this training versus the students that are coming up through that not only are prepared for it they are expecting it so the i think getting past that gap and getting past that discomfort is going to take some work but it, it will become more comfortable, especially with the, the students that are coming through.
3: Yes, and actually, you've made me think of something that I want to just put out here as an invitation to faculty members. Um, and I don't know what part of the course this is, but,
1: you know, <laughs> well, maybe it can be. I could think this really is starting to sound like our dessert for today. Okay, Because our it. dessert is generally like, what is a challenge we're going to put out to oh, faculty? Good. So I think, Blaze dessert, it's all yours.
3: What I want to say about that point with, with – um, with this with students, especially coming in who are like just coming into like um, the, the health and sciences field, right They've gone through um, their undergraduate. My invitation to faculty member is to uh, seek me out now. Mm. Do not wait and I'll tell you what you would be waiting for. Every month, I get emails from students connected to faculty members saying, I was in this lecture and it really was upsetting for me. I'm not angry at the faculty member. I just, we all know that actually U of L is a leader in LGBTQ healthcare. And I was surprised and saddened that this is the way that this topic was talked about in this course. And then, instead of this wonderful invitation that I'm putting out to you now, dear faculty members, I have to send you an email that says, We got some concerning feedback about your lecture. And I will let you know, I will lovingly, and as Laura said earlier, gently invite you into a conversation with me where we can kind of explore that. Um, uh, Those topics go through your slides. But oftentimes by that point, uh, students have kind of had a rupture in their learning environment. So my invitation is to say, don't wait for that to happen, right? I, I am a resource that is like sitting and waiting to be sought out from you. I wish I could go through every faculty member's entire curriculum and, and help out, but I, you know, I'm not able to do all of that. But if you seek me out, then we can sit down about those points that you would really like to explore and we can do that so that students don't have those experiences in the classroom that are, that are hard and then that you have to have that hard follow-up conversation.
1: Blaze, this has been fantastic. We really appreciate you coming in today.
0: If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be, as together we strive to make UofL a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to invest. Join us next time for more. And come hungry.